0: I've been like I've been mastering the rubber band finger gun (laughs) all my cases come in these gigantic rubber bands and I've been sitting in this room like during the day like doing my quick draws and everything and I can hit oh yeah yeah yeah. I can hit a light switch on a quick draw oh
1: Ah. yeah
0: I'm, I'm getting pretty good
1: Okay. That skill might save your life one day. Yeah. So Ryan,
2: was, when um, let me know when you can shoot a fly out of the air because I've got an application for the X Men um, that I'll get you. Oh, okay. <laughs> your uh, Quick <laughs> you're
0: Draw is a great man. name. I think yeah, that, that's my that, that's my good that's my X Men name Quick Draw.
1: That's so sick, Ryan. But like the issue is is that they're gonna think guns, but then when they find out it's just rubber bands, like. It's no, going to be a little bit of a letdown.
0: No, like, Professor X or something is going to give me some real <laughs> shit. Stretchy steel. Under well, tension, it's soft, but under compression, it's hard. There's
1: there's a joke in there, but I can't find it. Um, you can get out of a, a dangerous situation by hitting someone in the eye really suddenly. Like, if I was... You know, if you are in a hostage situation at a bank or something, you flick a rubber band in their eyeball and disarm the guy, then that's a pretty good power, I think.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm going to start carrying them around. I literally just have piles of these giant rubber bands just sitting here within arm's reach of my computer. I just do this all day. You're lucky you're married, Ryan. Um, Yeah. I've also put a knot in the middle of them sometimes, and I, I get better ballistics, but it's a little less accurate.
1: Oh, that's cool. Um... Do you, is this a power, or is this more of like a Hawkeye situation, where he just keeps practicing as oh. weird hobby, and then they yeah, hire him? Yeah, it's a bullseye
0: situation.
1: Doesn't bullseye have a power though? Like he can yeah, throw really he? accurately. What he got? Like he fucking he got hit with a radioactive knife. baseball, like <laughs> hit in the head with a ball. <laughs> yeah, like it fell into a vat, and they're like, "Oh, hot potato," and they hits a kid outside the window, and he gets really good at throwing. I don't know. There was there was that whole period in Marvel where everything was radioactive and if you interacted with it with it some way, you got powers instead of cancer.
0: It was a different <laughs> he's, time. He's lucky he just didn't turn into a giant ball then. <laughs> ball man.
1: He's a ball man. All of the strengths of a ball,
0: none of the weaknesses. <laughs> he can roll as fast as a ball. <laughs> so can a lot of people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he has no edges. He could. He has equal force distribution. If someone tries to crush him, oh, it's an okay character. He's he's part of the B B tier.
2: Two outs, three strikes. The pitcher's winding up. He throws the. Oh my god, that's Ball Man. He to looking back <laughs> oh into the no. He's flying at the batter. He's
1: beating <laughs> the shit out of the batter. The batter or he just gets
0: hit in the face with a baseball bat and just dies. Like <laughs> the first time they try that.
1: <laughs> you know, Ballman... So, <laughs> He would be a great assassin because like you know how there's always famous people throwing the opening pitch at like the dodgers game or whatever like you would have ball man replace the ball and as he's about to throw he turns into like a person and i don't know like judo chops him or something
3: That's you know
2: not... <laughs>
1: We've compl- this is probably a better way, but it is, it's is—it's like a, such a left field, pardon the pun. Ballman has,
2: ball has killed his sixth victim at a national baseball Maybe. game. We never so you're know what's going to happen. He would just
0: transform and then get into a fist fight with the person he was <laughs> trying to assassinate.
1: You would think... They're like, Mr. President, should we check the balls to see if they're actually a person that's going to turn out and beat the shit out of you? It's like, what are you, crazy? That's only happened like six other times. Like, it's not going to happen here. Yeah, you should have a knife, but you can't hide it in a ball. That's or you an see issue. somebody like,
0: you see naked? somebody like uh in a room with a bunch of like secret documents. And, you know, they're like, what the? What? Oh, who is, there's a massive conspiracy and Ball Corp is behind it. And then, like, it cuts to a scene of a ball, like, rolling through a slightly open door.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, that's good, right? Do you want to write this movie? <laughs> oh. oh, it's where you're Okay, that's okay. We'll put a pin in it. I want to write this movie. Um, So this guy isn't like a big ball. I was consi- thinking about a big human-sized
0: ball. No, I was thinking like baseball. He can control the sides of it.
2: And what type of ball he is. Like, he's got like three different ones, and as he learns to control his powers more, he can, like, Mm. Nice. Shit like that
0: and maybe like he has trouble <laughs> transforming when he learns a new type of ball so like after he turns back into a human he'll have like stitching like on his face like for a few hours oh yeah and he'll be like that's oh, interesting. Oh, oh and just be pulling threads out like out of his face
1: oh grotesque that yeah. that's a good Grute. that's like the first 2000s x-men where it was kind of like oh yeah you know wolverine you can see his claws poke through it was gross
0: yeah a little cronenberg uh, like
1: body horror yeah, a man turns into a baseball slowly. <laughs> and she's like, Does it hurt when you turn into a baseball? And he's like, Every time.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do you think uh well, maybe at like the end of his arc he could turn into the biggest ball of all, planet Earth, oh. and become like a decoy Earth to save us from Galactus? The oh, I was thinking this was a villain.
0: I thought I thought oh, this okay, was so I going... thought this was Quick Draw's villain.
1: Oh, okay, so Ball Man. <laughs> Is part of like Magneto's like like S or not S tier like D tier uh, villains, right? Mm. And he sends them after D tier X Men villains yeah. or heroes. And, in-
0: and instead of like saving New York City or L A, we're saving like Casper, Wyoming. <laughs> Dozens of people could die.
1: I want. I mean, that's that's bad, but it's not like New York bad, you know. I want. But him... we should still send somebody. <laughs> He's got to steal the largest rubber band ball. Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> cause a shortage.
1: Wait, are you thinking that all of the rubber bands come from the big ball
0: that's in Tennessee? That's that's how they're made. That's they're they're offspring of the, the big mother ball. ball. Yeah,
1: it uh it poops out a smaller rubber band ball, and someone has. It's to basically the plot
0: of Reign of Fire, but with rubber bands instead of dragons. <laughs>
1: <laughs> these these rubber band balls, they see better at night. <laughs> when the fading light, they can't shoot just right. <laughs> How many rubber bands do you think I've killed? <laughs> I don't know. You're fucking insane, dude. <laughs> Twice it he bounced to the heart of us. <laughs> Twice it missed. <laughs> Not many people have seen this. It's just
0: a rubber band he's holding. Oh, <laughs> sounds like quick draws the villain. This would be good. This would be really good
1: you know guys i think we really want to do a superhero podcast really bad
0: (laughs) this is the multiple times it's come up this is
1: um, because we've had like four whole episodes where we've got a good like 45 minutes of hypothetical superhero talk (laughs) pitching concepts and i don't think we can run away from it you know we need to have like a whole dedicated segment or branch out to just get this out of our system dude like the tension is palpable (laughs)
0: every week we could come up we could we could have a segment where we take the last 10 minutes of the podcast and work on a screenplay
1: yeah and i think we've we already got something to pitch. Got like
0: multiple
2: <laughs> <Dude>. cabbage man <laughs> or whatever <It> was. Let- <laughs> lettuce night
1: yeah lettuce night was was excellent the thing is is like we need to have these d-list superheroes just to show people that everyone you know everyone's useful and that the stakes don't always need to be super high you know yeah that's
0: that that's the thing it's like superheroes are too far detached from reality and that's one thing about like superman you know he's he's less appealable to the everyday man than you know batman and things like that because we can never be superman but we like to imagine that we could be batman so could you be quick draw well with yeah. enough practice <laughs> With enough could, practice of river rats. you be ball you man? Spheroid. <laughs>
1: if you hang out at enough uh, radioactive baseball factories that like where they share the same office space, um, you might you might
2: What what if Well, what I think if, what if he was walking along like a really polluted river and outside of a baseball stadium, you know, and yeah. somebody hit a home run and that baseball oh, knocked him into the some. river? <laughs> and <laughs> You know, the ball DNA was
0: fused, <laughs> and it just goes into his brain. It like goes into his brain case,
1: and then uh, he's like the 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 ball's brain goes inside the human. So he's a human who thinks he's a ball. Holy, is that is anything? Part
0: part of the day, he's a ball. Part of the day, his, yeah. His personality, like the more time he spends in ball form, the more ball oh. he becomes. You know. <laughs>
1: So he loses a little bit of his humanhood. Bounce, bounce, bounce. Is his wife like Terry? You can't keep turning into a ball. You're turning he just, like longer rolls every to night. the
0: bathroom in the middle of the night. You know, like he bounces. He storms out by rolling.
1: This is very tough.
2: it's great though too he's an anti-hero because you're right he has got to turn into earth at the end of his arc and get destroyed (laughs) instead of earth but the the super super earth destroyed bad guy is like boom it just explodes
1: and they're like he's like I can't destroy earth I can leap now and then it's like like, I only got one of those (laughs) like one of those beams and he sees the second earth behind he's like ah shit really got bamboozled (laughs) Well, this is like my perverted superhero group or like not necessarily perverted, but like, you know, it's like what if X-Men people had um, gross powers that weren't marketable and they can't really be on newspapers? Like one of the superheroes I thought up was like was Shitstorm, right? Like where he had his ass was like a a, deme- a portal to the shit dimension where it blasts out of his ass and he can fly and like blast his enemies and stuff. And it's crazy, but like no one wants him to go on missions because of the mess and like no one, you know, press doesn't want to interview him because he's gross.
0: But it's really useful. Like, but he, yeah, and he is a hero. If we got and, over the stigma, you know,
1: exactly. And Magneto's team went. Just seeing him there, like in a showdown, they're like, "I'm fucking We're out not, of here." Sorry, I, we didn't I don't want to do, do it. this. <laughs> this is six times I've had pink eye. And it's so much laundry. I hate this. And they just give up. And that's what—that's his power. And he—I like to think he has one of those, you know, those pajama butt flaps, you know, that they have. And then, that's the only thing stopping the shit from coming out, Cause, like Scott Summers' glasses.
0: Oh, like, uh, yeah, 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 the glasses. Yeah. Would his would
2: would Magneto specifically seek out like like Cheese Man to fight him to to constipate the
1: the shit dimension? Oh, oh, to stop him. Yeah, like force feed him something that'll plug him up.
0: Pork Man. We could we have to transport a giant cork to the shit dimension mm-hmm. and that's plug right the <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think that's the first time that sentence has been said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe cheese man could be like nacho cheese. Like he's like liquid Ooh. like Hydro Man. And he would just shoot his cheese arms into their mouth and he's like, ah and he's like, ha, now you can't shit for probably days. <laughs> but then the guy's shit force is going to be solid instead of liquid and then they really fucked up now. Yeah, that's the
0: problem, you know. Like mm. that stuff is just temporary. The cork is forever.
1: Well, we're
2: trying to get it so solid that it, you know, he he, he can't open an unlimited sized portal to the shit dimension, right? You know. Right. It's so, if it's so diameter. hard, you know if it's so hard, it's just like yeah. he's like oh, there's so much shit force building up inside of me. Gah he explodes (laughs) yeah and then he's he's either gotta he realizes he's gonna like destroy the small town that he's in
1: (laughs) if he was in New York I would just move out of New York after a a couple of shit explosions (laughs) in the city I'm just like I'm out dude there's
0: a million street corners in New York and the risk is not worth it well
1: guys, we do, we, our audience is here for a reason, maybe we yeah. should give, throw them a little bone here. Uh, we, this is going to be a bit of a long, <laughs> long-winded cold open, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Thanks for joining us guys. Um, welcome to Good Boys Gone Bland, episode 12 we're on, season 2, episode 2, two. episode 2.2, two. Uh, Ghosts of Girlfriends Past, I'm Denali. I'm Ryan. I'm Jace. We're yeah. so glad to have you guys. Uh, we are a marathon podcast uh, where we marathon uh, the works of some of the greatest artists uh, working in cinema today. Uh, we're working our way through Matthew McConaughey's uh, great works um, with Ghost of Girlfriends Past, his final, I would say final movie in his rom-com era, yeah. would you guys say? Um, the culmination of all of his great rom-com works. End of an uh, era. It is, until the great McConaissance, as we've mentioned before, with Lincoln Lawyer starting off his great dramatic roles. Um, I'm very glad we had this experience of exploring him at this end stage, because I'm not familiar with his rom-com phase. I don't know if you guys are. Not
0: me neither. Oh, no. I've, I've, I avoid them. To me, this was like the modern McConaughey's origin story. McConaughey oh, begins, yeah, yeah. you know. McConaughey, yeah.
1: <laughs> he is... Forty years old in this uh, rom com, which is pushing the upper limit a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I think it works considering his character. Uh, do we want to just get? Are you guys feeling? Just you, you guys want to talk about this movie? I think we're all warmed up here. I think we got all of our superhero talk out.
0: <laughs> if you guys to, yeah.
1: wanna...
0: I have a I have a lingering question that okay, is a okay, bit good. of is a bit of debate debate in my household. All um, right.
2: a lot of people have herpes. It's
0: okay. Yeah. It's, it's. An I probably got it from you. If anything, uh, so my wife Julie, who by the way, amidst the radiance of a thousand suns, um, she has been watching the TV show Survivor. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. And we're not like big Survivor fans, so she's just kind of getting into it. She watched it when she was a teenager, and then once sure. again, randomly, just picked it up this week. Fair. Um,
1: It's blown up again like i've heard the same caveat from people like oh we're not survivor people but like you know we we dabble yeah yeah
0: yeah so i initially had no interest i don't like reality shows uh especially ones with drama but i kind of find myself watching it here and there and uh especially the challenges are fun and the voting is fun and now i'm left wondering like what the concept of the show is right because if it's actually a metaphor for, like, a group of people washing up on an island and having to survive, like, the TV show Lost or something like that. Um, What does being voted off the island mean? Because, Mm. from my perspective, being being voted off the island means they hit you in the head with a rock Mm -hmm. and suck the meat off your bones. Or eat you. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay. (laughs) So so that's that's kind of that's right gross. like uh what julie has a different opinion mm-hmm. she has the opinion that no they send you away they like exile you they don't want you to be uh using up their food so they make you leave right. and i'm like if they could make people leave that means they have the technology to leave that means they wouldn't be stuck on the island like, are they exiling well, somebody to, until they die, and then they're going over there and eating them anyways? I think yeah. that
1: depends on the size of the island, right? Absolutely. If you're in like, if you're in a huge island and you guys just have a settlement, you can tell someone to GTFO if they're not, you know, getting down with it, and they can fucking form their own settlement or die of exposure. It's not in your hands. But if it's a tiny island where you can like walk across it, you know, in a span yeah. of thirty minutes, then so, I'm thinking coconut to the head.
0: The, the yeah. problem for me is mm-hmm. if I send somebody away like this okay. in this circumstance, vote them out, not like yeah. draw straws to sacrifice a life to eat somebody. Sure. Um that's fine. If if we're if we're voting somebody out, and I say, okay, please leave, please, please, you know, confine yourself to that portion of the island, and we'll stay over here in the middle of the night. I'm gonna kill you if I'm gonna get. uh, Well, not even that. Like (laughs) in the the middle of the night, me and a couple other people are going to walk over to where the one person is sitting in the middle of the jungle, and we're going to hit them on the head with a coconut, if you will, and bring them back, and then tell the tribe, "Oh, look at all this awesome goat meat we just found. We just killed the goat."
3: Oh,
1: (laughs) Ryan, I have. listen you have always been on my desert island team or my zombie survival team but now i'm seriously questioning <laughs> yeah. that if you are already well, it's, planning it's not, on...
0: you know like because like, J- <laughs> what did jace just say jace just admitted to what exactly what i was afraid of is that they're gonna come back and either number one mooch off us for survival like steal our stuff in the middle of the night or number two okay try to or harm us. us
2: depends on again yeah. depends on the size of the island like uh you know and, well, no, yeah. I mean, in a survival situation, if somebody's like, fuck you, get out of here, you're destroying us, they're probably like, fine, but I'm going to go make a rock sword and come back and kill you with it.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, you do run mm. the risk of, like, if you exile enough people, like, let's say you have 20 people, you exile, like, 15 of them, then you have a whole rival faction created.
0: Yeah. I, like, I'd probably yeah, stop you're exiling exactly right. after...
1: 10 yeah for that reason
0: no no I, i'm that's right that's exactly what i'm saying is that you don't have to stop exiling the other community does not oh, ever you, get bigger than one
1: <laughs> if you keep coconutting them and saying it's goat meat <laughs>
0: yeah there's a whole flock of goats over there you can
2: ryan i've been over there there i haven't seen any goats
1: yeah, how well, can I not killed let, a lot? You're of them. <laughs> <laughs> Is that why you keep exiling people? <laughs> right. I didn't. I never saw him steal anything. Steal any coconuts? Why do you keep?
0: You keep going on these solo goat missions. <laughs> well, and that's the thing too. It's like mutiny is a strong word. You know, like you have to constantly be careful of them coconutting you, and so yeah. In this survival situation, you really are not gonna be able to support everybody the whole time anyway. So are we gonna draw straws and then let the bad seeds just keep on being bad seeds every time? Uh uh-uh. uh. That's
1: true. And you'll run out of food fast if you keep using the coconuts as weapons and break it among people.
0: Well that's well, I think that's that's a just a two birds, one stone situation. And yeah. that when you some, when you crack someone's head open with a coconut, sometimes the coconut also cracks open and then that's like your chore oh. for the
1: day. Okay, well, let's let's get. I think we're we're getting a little away from the issue here, where you're you're wondering about, you know, what is this representing, right? Mm-hmm. They're all voting to coconut one person because the food is presuming presumably low, and the last person surrounded by bodies and coconuts cracked open is going to get pulled off the island and win a million dollars. Is that right? Like the castaway situation. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen Survivor. Yeah. Do they win anything?
0: <laughs> yeah, they Did win a million dollars
1: they win a million dollars okay yeah yeah i'm thinking now i'm i'm on the the eggs ex- i mean shit yeah it, it's definitely size the island here That's 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 what i'm i think that's where i'm at
0: yeah i don't know for me too is uh there's there's so much to to go into play like food scarcity is a big deal
1: it is and, and there's, like, there's a lot of you...
0: countries that are are okay to have adopted the rule, where if, if you draw straws and you end up eating somebody on the high seas, it's not mm-hmm. chargeable murder. Like it's, That's a defense.
1: That's rule number three if you're a pirate. Mm-hmm. is it, it ain't cannibalism if you draw straws.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Uh, the other thing to worry about is what if one of these coconuts is a ball man who is disguised from the rival faction to assassinate you? you're about to hit someone with a coconut, Ooh. then he turns into a man, and now you've got something to fight someone hand. If
0: you're stuck on an island with Ball Man, you you're are dead. screwed. <laughs> you are fucked.
1: He could be any he's, of those coconuts. Yeah, you going to crack them all. He's ball living the
0: whole <laughs> the whole time. Let's get that straight. The
1: thing is, balls require no calories to stay a ball.
0: Well, if anything, he can turn so into a volleyball and float.
1: Yeah. Well, he can be like, guys. Do you want me to swallow any messages? I'm gonna turn into a volleyball and just peace out, ride the coasts to Kiribati or wherever I, I we're at, and uh, you know deliver a message. Now we got this whole thing turned on its head with with Ballman involved.
0: Yeah, Ballman throws a huge wrench in the gears. <laughs> with, as with most plots in life, a human disguised as a ball. Uh, yeah, what if so? <laughs> messes up your plans?
1: Well, I think I
0: think we cracked this
1: one uh, pardon part of the pun wide open. Uh, I think we cracked this coconut here. Um, I'm thinking it's I'm thinking it's people exiling or, or getting killed depending on the size of the island.
0: Well that that's okay, depending on the size of the island. That's what you're saying. Okay. That's the answer. That's the answer.
1: I think that's it and I, I feel like people would uncontroversially agree with that. I know there is a big survivor contingent in in the podcast world i know multiple survivor contestants have podcasts Mm -hmm. so if if y'all are listening and you are into survivor and uh if you got another theory hit us up um but i think i think that sounds pretty good guys well in in the spirit of uh murdering people and uh being haunted by their ghosts uh do you guys want to talk about this movie i've definitely seen
0: murdering people
1: yeah, Ghost of Girlfriend's Past. Uh, Matthew McConaughey yeah. plays uh serial killer, yeah. um, gets haunted by his girlfriend, learns to love. He killed and ate all of them from that scene. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> that's over why there. he's being haunted. Wow. Yeah.
1: I'd, see, I thought this movie was going to go there because when they say Ghost of Girlfriend's Past, yeah. where does your mind immediately go? Dead, dead somebody. People. Somebody's dead. Well,
0: <laughs> and also, like, the title of this movie makes no sense. No. Because, number one, only one of them is a ghost of Girlfriend's past. So the yes. pluralization doesn't matter. <laughs> and number two, none of them are his previous Girlfriends?
1: Well, Emma Stone's character is, they was, his first, was his first time.
0: But that's not like, you know, it like represents w- Girlfriends well, yeah. well, okay. loosely associated. And then the other one is his assistant, who they're not romantically involved and then the third one is like so this of silent scandinavian woman who like we have no idea what her deal is
1: yeah that was odd and yeah it could have been like ghost of relationships past that then i'm like okay this is a conceptual that's thing that's more, more descriptive it's less catchy right? but yeah. it's more dis- <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's accurate
1: or a relationship carol i don't know i'm fucking spitballing here i don't get paid to do this but i feel like i'm already on a better track so the concept of this movie i think ryan maybe you should take it away here because this is your week to do the synopsis
0: oh it is Um, oh no
1: this is i feel like i get the easy ones man i you know i got the dragons come back and kick ass and you're roll credits but you get the weird high concept (laughs) charles dickens novel (laughs)
0: like yeah so forgive me if i go if this gets a little bit off the rails
2: um, oh please! Oh, not, it has to be a non-prejudiced description
0: We've
1: of the been, events of the movie. Oh, the C plus!
0: Damn it! That's <laughs> my rule.
1: Okay, yeah. I, I
0: want to break my rule so bad.
1: There is. You guys did text text me during the movie where they were like, "This is 2009 rom coms. Any time before the past three years is going to have some issues, right? We we can we can say that." After watching it, I'm not entirely sure we need a hard, like,
2: we're going to be talking about some difficult topics today, yeah, we, as opposed to being this like, is not a yeah, it was 2009, they said some some pretty fucked yeah. up jokes.
0: <laughs> no, it, it, it's not that, it's just that, oh, we can we can go into that later. Let's, but like, let's go, yeah, Ryan, you, you want to just take do this us this and... Jace, I agree with you, Jace, <laughs> that it's not as bad as I made it out to yeah. be, but also I absolutely hate it. Uh, <laughs> okay. i gotta gotta mentally prepare myself to act like you don't hate it
1: ryan now you you think it's pretty good and you're trying to sell this
0: not pretty okay sell me the movie
1: ryan okay i'm in the Um, walmart looking between this one and rain of fire which one do i buy sell me on Ghost girlfriend's past damn it ryan you need to sell me on Ghost girlfriend's past okay okay
0: i'm not gonna sell but i will pitch um so this movie start i'm gonna open up the page for the names this movie is Well Ebenezer Scrooge is Matthew McConaughey. Right. And Matthew McConaughey hates Christmas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey in this movie Ghost of Girlfriends Past is a what let's say a serial womanizer and That's he it. is an asshole and he seems to um, treat women as disposable like, entertainment devices.
1: Ryan, I'm not sold yet. I don't know if this is supposed to be kind of like a push-me-away, reel-me-in situation, but I'm only being pushed right now.
0: It's, it's the setup. There's, there's, there's a around. Okay, okay. Um, and he has to go to a wedding where his brother is getting married. Um, when he attends this wedding, he finds out that all of the bridesmaids are, I guess, pining for him. And so he's debating which one to have sex with. And as he's doing this, he's uh, he he also has this other woman from his past who's like really cold, cold to uh, Matthew McConaughey's character. And they have some hidden relationship from a while ago that we can only guess. And she like calls him out on all his shit. And uh, Matthew McConaughey says, yada, yada, yada. And then he goes upstairs to have sex with one of the bridesmaids. And he enters the room and he finds out oh it's a ghost it's the ghost of the first girl that he had sex with at a party when they were 16
1: she's not dead
2: we
0: don't it's actually that's not ever established
2: yeah it is at the in the end scene with his uncle the uncle tries to hit on the what would have been a 16 year old girl yeah to get with her and Mm -hmm. he says we're ghosts baby we're a more we don't have an age
0: yeah so, so she's she a ghost. A she is a conceptual thing. Yeah, no. So she's dead?
2: I don't I w- think she's dead. I would presume that because she is a
1: ghost. She But is the, there's
0: other ghosts of people who are literally attending the wedding.
1: Yeah, there there's people who are alive as ghosts. I think it's a conceptual spiritual thing. right
0: See, this is Sorry, maybe go, the go problem. Ahead, go ahead. It's- <laughs> And this ghost, played by Emma Stone, wants to take Matthew McConaughey through his previous relationships and show him where he went wrong and why he's an asshole. Um, For a long time, it doesn't work, and Matthew McConaughey thinks of this as like a highlight reel sort of clip show um, where he gets to bask in his own glory for a long time. And then we get introduced to his relationship with the woman who is cold to him, Jennifer Garner. And that's the plot of this movie. Uh, He... Has to come to terms with the fact that he was an asshole to jennifer garner in the past and uh he has to learn that he can love again and not just be a sexual predator and okay riot you're what? not
1: selling me on this movie you're i don't <laughs> want to watch a movie about a creepy sex predator i want to watch matthew mcconaughey you don't like stories of man. you don't and like there's...
0: stories of rehabilitation This is great. This is extrajudicial rehabilitation. You know, the 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 government didn't spend millions of dollars to rehabilitate this, you know, criminal sexual predator. I want
1: Jace to do the synopsis. He would have made it more fun. And you're making it not fun. This is fun fun for me. It's
0: sad. This is fun for me. And so, after Matthew McConaughey ruins the wedding, um, he saves the wedding somehow, and everybody forgives him. Everybody forgives him for everything all of a sudden and immediately starts taking him at his word as soon as the plot dictates the necessity for it. At the end of the movie, uh, it is sort of assumed that Matthew McConaughey has changed and that him and Jennifer Garner are going to make beautiful, um, morally debatable children.
1: That was never implied. That's a fucking loaded statement. If I've ever heard one, Ryan, this is not a non-biased synopsis. <laughs>
0: I'm just calling it as I, I, I see it, man. I'm
1: reaching for a rain of fire right now. This That's is... good. I,
0: Yeah. This is what started the McConaissance. This is what started the McConaissance. You know, like, there was a reason that he took a hiatus. Let's be real. Mm.
3: This
1: is the darkness before the dawn, I think. Maybe not the start of his McConaissance, but maybe what I think, well, yeah. maybe we're, we're agreeing, like, what caused it, right?
0: Yeah. I think that's it. I think I, I, okay. think I hit everything on the head. Oh, there's, like, a weird, like, um, when Michael Douglas plays, like, this weird, almost Hugh Hefner-esque character. Oh, that's character. a huge part of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. You got to go but over about he, Michael Douglas's character. Michael Douglas is Matthew McConaughey's uncle in this movie. And he teaches Matthew McConaughey how to be a serial womanizer and objectify mm-hmm. women and treat them like property. Mm-hmm. and at the, by the end of the movie, it seems like Matthew McConaughey has learned his lesson, and it seems like Michael Douglas learned it in the afterlife somehow.
2: I that that don't think that he did. Good for yeah. him, but that was weird. Because <laughs> I think he, he just flipped it back around and then tried to have sex with the 16-year-old ghost. Yeah, so. the,
0: the, the, this movie did the really He's interesting— He's still a creep, yeah. Yeah, this movie took a, took a really interesting bet in that it wanted to end the movie on a pedophilia joke.
2: And a, there was some racism too. The last five oh, minutes were yeah. packed was with weird. controversial, like
1: really <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> well, okay. You got to remember 2009 was a different time.
0: Yeah. Before, was peak. Uh, before pedophilia was bad. Yeah. Was before be- racism was bad. Before sexually <laughs> assaulting women casually was bad.
1: It was the peak of like shock humor where, like, haha, this is so bad. Isn't this funny? And us losing taste for that humor makes this seem really fucking bad. Yeah. Um, yes, and I think that's in par with McConaughey's behavior throughout this. Yes, uh, Ryan, you you talked about McConaughey's sexual misconduct. We don't have to, we don't have to turn this into a court case. But what are we talking about here?
0: Okay, this my favorite. My oh, I shouldn't say favorite. My favorite example of this, and uh, that how did this get approved um, during our lifetimes? He walks up, so there's an open bar at this wedding, presumably, because nobody, I don't see any sort of credit cards or cash during the whole ordeal. And he walks up to the open bar, and um, right after he sees the ghost for the first time. No. The ghost? No, he hasn't He hasn't seen the ghost yet.
2: Yeah, he has. He either yeah, saw he's seen uncle, a ghost, this or he had gone through the because... past.
0: Oh, he saw the uncle. He saw Michael yeah. Douglas in the bathroom. Yeah. And he yeah. walks out of the bathroom. And he's already had and- a-
2: Double scotches.
0: By now he's pretty fucking hammered, and he walks up I'm to the bar. I'm not defending him, but he's Correct. yeah. yeah. We're not so he walks up to the bar and he uh, grabs a woman by her boobs.
1: The bride's mom. The bride's yeah, mom. He was, yeah, he, he was.
0: W- he he grabbed her by the boobs and said, "Wow, is this real?" You know that classic joke that literally nobody has made that joke before, and it's so freaking genius. I can't believe that we had to wait till 2009. can 2009, we had to wait for someone to make a joke about whether or not boobs are real. Because you know how sometimes they aren't? (laughs) And that's like a huge ordeal about whether or not they're actually real. Like, and it blew my freaking mind. The the originality and the, the, like complex yeah, the humor comedy of genius. this movie. Oh, Jesus. It was Christ. a pretty it's... good
2: joke cuz you know, he did just see a ghost. So, you, you know think he thought they were, they were ghost boobs, right? Are those
0: boobs real? And she's like, "Yeah, they're real." And he's like, "Thanks for letting me feel them." And she's like, "Anytime. That was really pleasant."
1: That yeah, I was I I was kind of like squirming a little bit at that scene. I was like, "Oh, fuck. That's not and gonna wh- That that's a not age well." Like <laughs> I really like this. Was that okay
0: back then? I don't think no, it was okay. No, absolutely though. not. Like, that, why was that in there? <laughs> because, well, think about the whole Hollywood situation. This was before people in Hollywood start, you know, started being said no to. Uh, that didn't happen for almost 10 more years. So, if think about it from that perspective. This has written by a man all over it, this entire movie. Because almost the next line that Matthew McConaughey says to this woman is, How long have you been divorced? And... It was very insulting. Like, not even just... <laughs> he, he didn't know that they were divorced. He, you know, guessed that this woman is wearing a low-cut shirt and likes when I touch her breasts without, you know, provocation. Uh, I bet she's divorced. And then uh, he turns out to be right. Like, the script, the script is written and that this insult is actually correct so that it's not an insult, I guess? Is that maybe how they're trying to... Get off scot-free with that it's one. Part of his
2: shtick that gets girls: two compliments above the head, one insult.
0: Yeah, but that's what his <laughs> uncle said in the movie. I know. <laughs> Come on, Ryan, get with the program. <laughs> but that's not even like a direct insult. It's just like an like implication: is that like a woman who dresses yeah, that way it's... must be divorced and must be looking for promiscuous sex?
1: Yeah, he says a lot of things that are like misogynistic and shitty. But like the other, with if I may. And, you know, those things are fucked up and made me hate his character. Um, They are framing him as, wow, he's a huge, sad piece of shit, and no one should want to be like this. I can at least say that. I
0: mean, I don't know. Because he didn't really... Because all the the sex he was having was, like, casual. And, like, women were coming up to him. You know, like, Mm. women were literally in their underwear, like, approaching him on a normal day. Like, in groups. And saying, hey, how's it going? What are you doing later? So... I, I don't think that it was a portraying him as mm-hmm. bad because he got what he wanted out of it for a majority of the movie and a majority of his life.
2: It's a rom-com. He's emotionally you empty. I think it That's a... the whole... I mean, yeah. You have mm-hmm. to have a framework for his redemption, right? It's like he's a millionaire playboy that everyone would potentially want to be, but he's an em- emotionally empty shell and he's a piece of shit.
0: Well, I don't... Yeah, but, like, the the emotionally empty shell is one thing, but, like, this movie is, is making the making the statement that it's perfectly okay for you to want to be this way you'll just be kind of technically sad on the inside if you realize what's actually going on
1: so maybe the concern is that maybe if a young insecure man watched this they would think this is the way you get into relationships or get into sexual relationships by being a total piece of shit and yeah. sexually assaulting people and, and then you, you just have to like like
0: <laughs> and then you, should, you just have to like own up to it and never like break their hearts I guess, Could this movie's message was just don't break their hearts. It wasn't don't do that, because he gets the girl in the end.
1: He gets the girl. Well, okay, let's the, let's maybe yeah. talk about, um, let's kind of talk about the progression of this movie. You get the establishment of this character, right? You get this his whole idea. You see him with all these women, and he's being a super big sleazebag. Um, and he gets visited by the ghost of Girlfriend's past, right? After a night of heavy drinking. Um, mm mm-hmm. This is played by a, a younger Emma Stone, I think at her start of her career. This is like when Superbad came out. And she was actually pretty funny, she I thought it. she like played yeah, like she, yeah, she, she played like this 1980s 16 year old, and she's like really like over the top and crazy. Um, like just really zany. Um, and she kind of guides him through um like what made him this way at a young age, right? So like all of his insecurities kind of comes from Jennifer Garner turning him down at the school dance. Oof, that gutted me,
0: man. No way. This movie, th- th- that's the thing, dude. Once again, we're seeing this from a certain perspective because okay. that, that scene is telling us that everything is the girl's fault. He's this way because mm. of a girl. Like, he didn't do anything wrong. He was just being a nice guy, and the girl treated him like this, and therefore, he became this way.
1: I think it's, be- it's, sh- it's the beginning of his complex. It's kind of like the Ernest Hemingway thing, where... Someone abandons him at some point, or perceives that it does, and it forms this complex of "Oh, I'm going to be emotionally distant and never form attachments in my life uh, because I'm so I, I created this thing in my own head." Yeah, like, but it's like, like... it's like,
2: and so does Jennifer Gardner. They he he knows that he choked. He was emotionally hurt, and then went to his uncle, who's a sleazebag.
0: Mm-hmm. I just think okay, it shows yeah. the that choked, he's you're insecure. right about the choked thing. You're right about the choked thing, but. I just, it didn't come off that way to me because we never like we saw her like kissing this other guy at the dance, and then him being like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go pick up chicks at a bar right afterwards." So it just—it felt like very self-serving.
1: Well, that was because his uncle told him to go do that. I, no, he goes okay. to his uncle, and he's like, crying, "At this point, right? at and this point, I'm not like, saying like yeah.
0: at, th- at this point, like having an uncle who's a womanizer." Doesn't immediately let you write off anything you do. <laughs> I still be in the wrong and have an uncle who's a womanizer.
1: Sure, sure, yeah, no. And I, I'm not doing this as a case study of the psychology of insecure <laughs> womanizer types, oh, no, yeah. but I am trying to examine kind of where the character is coming from, at least. So, like after the school dance, right after he gets his heart broken, he goes to this. Uh, Who was the actor's name again? It was uncle wayne michael douglas um michael douglas's character yeah uh michael douglas is you know is, is trying to is trying to show him is like oh this is how you, you don't get your heart broken you gotta be a fucking sleazarino. Um, uh, and, and basically shows him the quote-unquote the ways you know of seduction or whatever and that's kind of how he becomes this this dude right and then that's pretty much what emma stone's character is, is showing like his progression into becoming that guy
0: yeah
2: I hated the uncle's man. It's so, it's so fucking he was so, gross. His, Every time he talked, the thing was is, just just like, like yeah, <laughs> uh,
1: where he's just like, oh, here's what you gotta do when you meet a broad, and I'm like, oh fuck, please don't say that. Oh my god. <laughs> but as this kind of progresses, he's not really learning his lesson. Uh, who is the he meets the second ghost, quote unquote ghost, right?
0: His assistant. Yeah, his assistant.
1: Ghost of girlfriend's present, present which doesn't. Make sense makes conceptually, sense conceptually because it's like they they pretty much make him a ghost and just put him in this room at the wedding where they're all talking shit about him. I guess. Yeah, um, I like that scene. I, I guess that.
0: I mean, the scene was, was fine. It was a sweet scene. It was with the, one, the brother talking was, about. Yeah, it was like the one scene where he was actually something. Like, something negative was actually happening to him. <laughs> Though completely justified. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, and. You know, he's, there, he's
1: He's kind of, like, realizing how much of a shitbag he is, and the ghosted girlfriend's future is then showing him, like, which I thought was, like, oh, fuck. Like, it shows him, like, decades in the future, no one's at his funeral besides his brother, and he's alone, um, and no one gives a fuck that he died. Um,
2: which is wild, like, no, because uh, then... <laughs> his trajectory was towards very famous, so it seems like See, I know that people didn't care friends. with him, but he should have had people there. <laughs>
1: but maybe he was such a, he was such a dick that maybe eventually he became like a, a uh, enough of an asshole that that's fair. but then there was the famous christmas carol scene where he falls into the grave he's like no and then you know wakes up in the bed uh, learns his lesson the challenging thing about this movie i thought was they introduced this concept right that that relationships can have ghosts this is a thing um there is some kind of external spiritual force designed to teach you lessons to change your trajectory in your life so why didn't they do this with like hitler or mussolini or something <laughs> they chose to matthew koch stop- his character it shows this photographer who who is emotionally distant why didn't they do this to stop wars
2: i, I read that, it- that's dangerous I read a review on this movie, like, the end yeah. of the paragraph was like, this movie includes the false reali- uh, religious idealization of karma. And I was like,
1: what? Oh, what the? <laughs> f- <laughs> that is a weird energy to come out with this movie.
0: <laughs> well, okay. So if we talk about karma, um, at the beginning of the movie, his assistant, who is played by a, uh, her name is Noreen the Wolf. Mm-hmm. She was born in New York, and she was raised in Georgia. And she went to school at Boston University. Okay. And she is portrayed in this movie as having a heavy Indian accent. Mm-hmm. And the first words out of her mouth, essentially, are that she believes in karma. Uh That's very, very, very Hollywood. <laughs> they... This has been recently delved into a little bit with like Aziz Ansari and um, other Indian descent actors who talk about being racially stereotyped. And I thought that was glaring for a movie that made today would not, they would not do that. They would either get someone with an actual yeah. Indian accent or they would tell the Indian actress, who's Indian American, to play it straight. And at some other point in the movie, there was a woman a Chinese woman who was probably played by an American again, who was in a traditional Chinese dress. And she told Matthew McConaughey that Matthew McConaughey had brought dishonor to her family. (laughs) Like this movie checks all the boxes for like being in like written by white men. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I was, I was prepared for that. Honestly, it's like when I watch like, the thing about comedies is that they're a mirror to our society at the time, right? It's it's issues that we face during the time, and it's it's things that we are okay with. So it's why we watch a 1960s comedy, and you're going to be like, "Holy fuck, everything about this is terrible." Um, <laughs> and in 2009, you're gonna you're gonna get the same thing. And I'm sure 20 years from now, they're gonna watch comedies that came out this year, uh, and they're gonna be like, "Holy shit, they're bigoted against robots or something." I don't know. Yeah, right. Um <laughs> Anyways. Okay. Well, the thing yeah. is, like, I don't want to spend too much time on because, like, I feel like we can explore all this pretty quickly because I don't think it makes up a huge part of the movie. Like, I think there's things here and there, and it's like, I don't think we're experts in this field, is what I'm oh, saying. No. Yeah, yeah.
0: I would. I, I have a funny thing to bring up. I have, okay, a, fu- yeah. I have a funny thing I want to mention. And this will maybe be good. Uh, did, did you guys catch the fact that? It's offhandedly mentioned that Matthew McConaughey's parents both died in a tragic car accident.
2: Yeah, a year before. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then nobody in the movie wears a seatbelt. That's like, a, that's like, disgust. Yeah, that was. It's openly discussed <laughs> yeah, in the brother. movie how, like, yeah. it's coincidental that nobody in the movie wears seatbelts. Yeah, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> it's like, like it reminds not cool. <laughs> me, yeah, it reminds me of, <laughs> that. said, like, a few years after his this child's parents died a car accident like and even at the end of the movie there's not they're not wearing seatbelts or anything like that
1: yeah because he's in his uncle's car like years after his parents die like, and oh, he's like no where's the seat seatbelt he's like he's like not kind of or
0: something i don't get it <laughs> yeah. like,
1: maybe well, that's why his you know parents how... died
0: is that the implication
1: <laughs> it's a no seat. it's it's actually a big psa like they show the, this the in uncle. middle schools
0: I think this was written by committee. Yeah, th- I think that's the thing. That's the problem. If this script was written by committee and that they send part of it to somebody else and they send part of it to somebody else. And then at the end, they don't realize that they have huge gaping flaws like that.
1: I think, yeah, you're right. Like somebody along the way in that committee wanted, thought this was a car PSA. And he was like trying to insert like some, some safety. And then he passed it on and they're like, ah, oh, ghosts and shit. And then they fucking pass it on again. And, there was a lot more Charles Dickens. Is it Charles Dickens who wrote *Christmas yeah. Carol*? At the there was a lot more references at the end. I thought tacked on whether where he like opens the window and he's like, "You there, boy! What day is it?" And he's like, "Ah, it's Christmas!" Shut the fuck up! You know, yeah, some kind of funny line. Um, yeah, it it, it did seem like it was written, written by a couple people in this. Uh,
2: yeah. Do, do you guys want to? I I've got something I want to talk about the movie. Um, yeah, yeah. Can you guys? I'd like to talk to you guys as close as. Matthew McConaughey does to uh, Jennifer Gardner in all their scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, What's up with that, <laughs> dude! That was so fucking. Weird. <laughs> it's so weird, and they're just like, he, he like, like Jason,
0: t- like, please God, <laughs> damn it! It's making me anxious. I like, can't dude. even
2: <laughs> imagine. I would never even talk to Yuri this close.
1: No, <laughs> he he like takes a necktie and actually makes Jennifer Gardner's character like physically get close to him. And she's like, "Tee hee, ha ha, you're such a a tease, or whatever," and goes away. And I'm like, "Yo, this guy sucks. Like, I fucking hate that." Um, did you guys notice at the very end of the movie? And this blew my fucking mind. The Ghost of Girlfriend's Past theme song, the themed song for this movie. No, no, was it, it was hilarious, dude. Like, it was a song describing lyrically everything that happened in the movie and it was like listing all of the the female characters that he slept with they're like tina sandra Sonia, and like it's going down it's like ghosts of girlfriends past gonna find out what my relationships are like it was (laughs) really descriptively (laughs) (laughs) dude
0: it was so funny i'm like trying to look for the lyrics um that's that's a great gig for somebody somebody wrote that you know and got paid to do it yeah. yeah
2: There, it's uh, you can look, go to the soundtrack. It has "Ghost of Girls" yeah. written by Rolf Sal, Rolf Sal. It,
1: it's like it's kind of like a ska performed song. by
2: All Too Much featuring Matthew Sweet. I
0: have a I have an idea. Do you guys want to do a rendition of what that would have sounded like for "Rain of Fire"?
1: <laughs> Kill dragons, I'm McConaughey in my tank, flying to the UK. Killing dragons all day killing dragons I don't know um, what the song sound like McConaughey and Day needs this rhyme mm-hmm. We can't make it sound like any song that already exists because I don't want to get hit with the with copyright <laughs> Ryan hit me with a beat I don't um, hit me with it was Hit me with a with a scale or a chord Alright Jace so you, got, you got the vocals Um, I'm going to do rhythm and Ryan's got uh, How do I always
2: get the vocals? <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're a vocalist in our band
0: <laughs> Oh yeah okay
1: Good boys gone band. This is good boys gone band. Oh, This is where we're gonna make a theme song for uh, Reign of Fire. Jace, are you-
0: I'll turn noise suppression off.
1: Are you throwing together lyrics? What? No. I can hear that.
3: Matthew McConaughey! Killing dragons all day. Look, a helicopter, hey. Also a tank, hey. Now he's killing dragons. That's good, man.
1: That was good. That was really good. It had had an urgency to it. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that'll get the people going. Well, the thing is, is like back in the 50s, they used to have those songs starting off a show that kind of tells you what the show's about, right? Where they're like, oh, 10 kids there, go living in a house. And maybe if we had that starting off movies, we would get a better idea of what they're all about before we we get into it. Yeah. And I just think they really blew their paycheck by putting this at the end of the movie.
2: I thought some of the humor in the movie was like, some some of the jokes were pretty well written and like sly. I thought there was some funny parts in this movie. And then there was just so much... Awkward tension whenever he was being a sleaze bag that it just eradicated it.
1: (laughs) The one funny part I thought was in the movie was the cake scene where he's like, he's like, I gotta find some alcohol so I can get my next ghost vision or something. (laughs) (laughs) And he like pops the the cork on like the champagne and it knocks out like a support beam on the giant cake. And he's like holding the cake and trying to get like the bottle to put it back, put to support the cake. It was just like a ridiculous scene that ends with him like the cake's just like falling on top of him or something like yeah i thought, I thought was that was like a pretty humor like he's a good physical like at the end where he's like written frosting and he's like yeah. trying to defend himself from the, like i thought he actually was was pretty funny in that scene um ryan oh go ahead can i
0: get on a soapbox real quick
1: <laughs> yeah let's pull that out let's pull out ryan's soapbox here we go to
0: the
2: rant
1: page
0: You can make something really, really fun to watch with just very, very little budget, uh, small premise. And if you don't have the entire, this entire Ghost of Girlfriend's Past movie is just Matthew McConaughey standing in front of the camera.
1: Yeah. And talking. That's what he gets hired for. I can watch him talk all day, baby. (laughs) I'm sure he can just watch himself talk all day. Yeah.
0: And I think that that's what struck out to me, is I did not have fun looking at this movie. I, th- mm. I feel like I could have just listened to this movie instead. And so I, th- I think it's interesting that you brought up the cake scene, because it was the one... This I think it was my favorite scene in the movie, um, partially because stuff was going on. like Stuff was, like, happening. And, we get, and the premise yeah. of this movie is that three ghosts enter this man's life and, like, shake his foundation. Uh, and
1: his reaction to it is kind of just like, Whoa. yeah. If you're right, his reaction to it was it was kind of muted. Um, because if someone if I saw something like that, I'd be rushing to the emergency room to get an MRI. Um, <laughs> because I'm clearly having some kind of like brain incident, and they'd be like, <laughs> How did you get he here? He just Your saw his blood dead alcohol uncle. contact yeah. is 0. 0.7, <laughs> <laughs> it's 500. <laughs> Yeah, you're seeing ghosts because your brain is <laughs> soaked in pure alcohol. Well, the uh, Brian, you brought this up uh, earlier. I don't know if it was if it was off mic, but we, the thing about this movie is that it was originally made for Ben Affleck because <laughs> in 2003, originally the production company uh, was was Ben Affleck was slated to do this movie, um, but apparently it didn't happen because Geely tanked so fucking bad that they canceled this movie one month before filming and Ben Affleck was taken off, and then six years later, they threw Matthew McConaughey on with Ben Affleck's then-wife, Jennifer Garner, which I thought was, like, a wild thing. Hmm. But there is an alternate universe where Geely does not get made, uh, Ben Affleck's career is saved, and then we get this movie with Affleck in 2003. Now, can you imagine? So, right, we were talking about some of the problematic aspects in 2009, right, with this movie, with him being a total fucking sleazebag, and Given the theorem that things maybe get a little more progressive going throughout time, can you imagine 2003 with Ben Affleck
0: being this character? Well, or Bo staff? uh, Did you mention that it was originally supposed to be written (laughs) by by (laughs) Kevin Smith? Right? Yeah. (laughs) yeah, yeah. So, like, it was going to be so bad. Like, I think this could have been *Chasing Amy* too. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was close to it. It could have been real bad. And
1: I think we dot we're in a maybe a better universe where Matthew McConaughey does it in two thousand nine, but could we have an even better universe where this gets made in like twenty sixteen with like what Bradley Cooper to talk
0: about yeah mm-hmm. seriously give it to give it to like uh an a list celebrity who ain't about who has some veto power you know can veto some lines maybe, Mm, or, like, mm -hmm. make some script suggestions. And Bradley Cooper is actually I think also involved a little bit behind the camera. So I think that would work, too. But, or even Ben Affleck, like...
1: Oh, give him another swing at it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Step back up to the plate.
1: What if we remake, because it's been long enough that we could re-remake this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, What if we give uh, early 50s (laughs) Ben Affleck another swing at the old Ghost of the Girlfriends
0: pass? And he's like a Bruce Wayne character, like a, yeah.
1: Oh, and so he's like hardened from all of these, uh, these relationships.
0: Yeah. And he's, it's a more gritty, serious, like David Lynch. Take so on.
1: he's thinking about like his relationship with Catwoman, where he's like, "Oh, it didn't work out. I couldn't save her. Selena Kyle was too fucking. Yeah. She was bent in her ways." And then he's thinking about like the Joker, and like he's like, "I can't kill him."
0: Oh, that, might, that might be my dream movie. Um. <laughs> Ghost of a Christmas Carol style remade <laughs> with starring Ben Affleck directed by David Lynch and like an hour of the hour and a half runtime is just about some random person who runs a cafe in a small town a hundred miles away.
1: That's going to be a hard sell. What? does he punch anyone? No. He, Batman doesn't punch anybody. He's actually just dealing with his like his his weird relationships that he had but there's like ghosts but they're not there. <laughs> We're gonna need like a hundred more Batman movies before we can get to that depth. I think. Okay, we're off the rails. Let's let's get back on just just briefly. If we can just get one 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 wheel back on the on the rail here, <laughs> because I want to talk about the conclusion of this movie, of where he learns his lesson. Because mm-hmm. um, I think there's something, <laughs> there's something there. Because you know he sees the ghost girlfriend's future, right? He sees how fucked up and lonely he is, and he's like, I don't want to be that. I should change my life you know whatever he gets traumatized to the point where he needs to change um but i don't think we mentioned this but matthew mcconaughey's character fucks up the wedding for his brother right by revealing
2: absolute annihilation
1: yeah he reveals like about his brother had slept with one of the bridesmaids like way early on with his relationship with the wife or something years ago yeah it was it was like a long time ago um but it was like an issue that re-came up so he's like trying to to stop the cancellation of this wedding. He's like chasing the bridesmaid's car, right? With with his car, um, he takes his uncle's old car, crashes through the garage door. It's really dramatic. He's like weaving between trees with no seatbelt on, crashes into a lake in front of him, and then uh, the bridesmaids, the bride's dad comes out and he's like, "Hey, yeah. you need to leave." And he fucking knocks him out. Like yeah. Matthew McConaughey punches this 70 year old man in the face, knocks Korean him out. Korean War
3: veteran.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Korean War veteran. <laughs> the guy is laid out for like 10 minutes while he's talking to the bride about the meaning of love. And the bride's like, oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Haha. Ha. Maybe I should get married. Not concerned that her dad has not he's moved. on 10.
0: And I, I, said, I turned to Julie and I said that. I said, you know, if you're unconscious for more than like 30 seconds after hitting your head, it means or you're unconscious a traumatic- at all. If you if yeah, you have a, it means you have a traumatic brain injury and you need to be taken to the hospital immediately.
1: So he punches this guy so fucking. Not only did he fuck up the wedding and be a total creepazoid to everybody on the wedding, he punches, he assaults this dude, <laughs> knocks him out. Yeah, and then that's
0: like yeah, I that's just, like a serious crime. I like, it's not you can't do that. Like people have gone to jail for murder. Well, because they've hit somebody once and they fall over and hit their head on the ground or on the bar counter.
1: To be fair, though, 2009 was a different time. This mm-hmm. was back when, if you punch someone in the face, they get knocked out instantly for an hour and they're fine. Yeah, um, no laws. It was different. Well, Physiologically, or... brains were different back then. Yeah, Tougher. Yeah, they are built different. He also has a best man speech at his wedding, which I thought was bizarre. I don't know if you guys uh, got the same that feeling. Point,
0: I was pretty... I Was pretty under the,
1: the um tide, yeah. I, well, okay, fair enough. Um, the best man's speech, he's talking about everything he's learned basically, and he's totally making it about himself. Where he's like, Oh, the wet this way is gonna be great, you know. I'm so glad I met you, bride, and um, I'm gonna change, I've learned so much, and I'm gonna make a better. And I was like, This is a weird fucking speech, dude. Like, this is. <laughs> You shouldn't make your best man speech about how you're changing, I guess. I don't know. I just thought it's, that was just a lot of weird character decisions towards the end when he's quote-unquote better.
0: Weird character decisions throughout the whole movie. That's what I'm trying to say. That's that's literally what I'm trying to say, is that it doesn't make any sort of logical sense, this script.
2: Yeah, neither do ghosts, though, so...
0: That's different. (laughs) I mean, in movie, you can establish a logic for it.
1: Yeah, what if these ghosts aren't actually ghosts, but they are like time travelers in like a plasma suit that kind of like allows them to phase into reality? And they are doing this because they're like, okay, he marries Jennifer Garner. This is the plot of the Terminator.
0: You guys, this is the (laughs) plot of Terminator. Because he just rewrote. (laughs) <laughs> a movie made in the 1990 by James Cameron. Good job guys.
1: So so Skynet yeah. doesn't get invented because he doesn't take a photo of like a microchip that someone gets published and makes Skynet um and they stop the robot wars. Yeah. It has nothing to do with him being better, but He's these robots to take are... <laughs> a
0: microchip and a, a picture of a microchip and give that picture to Ben Affleck's character in Paycheck. And Ben Affleck was going to reverse oh. engineer it for the evil company. Oh my are you God. thinking this is in the Affleck verse? McCona- Wait, are, Fla- you Fla- are you saying verse.
1: The well, we know McConaughey and Affleck are existing in the same universe because in Days and Confused they cross. They went
0: to high school together, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Right? Yeah, and this is kind of like the Jimmy Timmy that was the Jimmy Timmy power hour. Yeah. Um, and they kind of branch out a little bit. So if we're if we're operating in this space, like mm-hmm. um reign of fire is clearly towards the end, right? This is when Interstellar
0: fails. No, um, oh, remember? Because that's only in Britain. Yeah, the,
2: America's fine. We established the headcanon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the years between 2003 and 2020, uh, are, Britain doesn't exist in the Affleck verse.
1: Oh, okay. Are you thinking that maybe. Well, he. Shit. Does, does, does Matthew McConaughey die in any movie besides Rain Flyer? I don't think he does. He's an
0: old age went and all of them interstellar I think you don't like
1: fucking know that ryan you don't know if he inherits some kind of highlander sword and becomes immortal at, at the end of any of these movies you don't see his whole life okay
0: god outlander, that's the name of it you know that you know there's that show on netflix now that outlander show i was like they made <laughs> i was getting highlander and outlander mixed up <laughs> in my brain i was like they made a like a romantic drama series out of highlander He's immortal. <laughs> was, She's I was, not. I spell friend, a sitcom. My friend has this book of like how to knit the patterns from the show Outlander, and I was like, "What the fuck?" And so I grabbed it. I was like, flipped through it. I was like, "Which one of these is the guy with the sword?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. okay, are you guys ready to give our uh, give our reviews for this movie? I think we we've, we've kind of covered the ground here a little bit.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, I got more to go. I got more to go.
1: Alrighty, guys. Do we want to wrap this wrap this uh, macana burrito up? Let's do. Do you guys want to do movie rating? Are you are we feeling that tonight? Let's do the
0: macanometer first.
1: All right, macanometer first. do right, you want to start us off?
0: God damn it! Do the macanometer.
1: Telling... Oh, do you want me to start us off on the macanometer?
0: Doesn't matter. I'll do it. So.
1: Well, you don't sound I like you want he to do was.
0: I do it. <laughs> I thought okay, good. he, yeah, I yeah. thought he was pretty mcconaughey E, you know, mm-hmm. like there's not much that I could say bad about him. He mm-hmm. wasn't given a lot to work with. No, uh, I, I don't, I really don't have much to say. I really hated his character, <laughs> mm-hmm. but that's actually yeah. a credit to him, mm-hmm. I guess. He, I don't think he phoned it in. As much as, like, there wasn't anything to phone in. Um I thought he was pretty sleaze baggy. of course, but a little too much. Like, McConaughey's normally not that sleaze baggy, and if anything, he's, like, m- he's more like plays-by-the-rules kind of a guy. So, mm-hmm. in that aspect, I think he might actually lose a point. He's too sleazy. I think maybe I'm going with, like, a might be going with, like, an eight on the Macamonometer. lose one point for maybe quality and one point for maybe maconnomity but mm. he never got shirtless mm-hmm. i don't
1: think right correct yeah that's going to be a doc for me too
0: and uh so that's like yeah and then i think you just played it up a little bit too much at some i mean the script did at least like they obviously wanted yeah. him either, rather than like a a different actor who's not known for having this reputation so
1: I think yeah, eight. Let's hand it to him. Solid eight. That's that's a fair score, Ryan. Yeah.
0: Honestly, Jace.
1: I'll go fuck <laughs> about this movie. <laughs> about this. <laughs> feel listen, exact. we're not. Okay, sorry. Go ahead, Jace. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting interrupt your...
2: As well, actually, he only lost points for, I think his hair could have been better, mm-hmm. um, and uh. One point for quality because of the overall movie, but quantity was great. I I like the character. Uh, he did mm-hmm. say all right. It was snuck in in a scene. Yes, he was, yeah. He was <laughs> he was in front of the fireplace and he gave like a all right, and I was like mm, there you go, mm-hmm. that's the point. It was a
1: good one. Yeah, on,
2: on topic monologues. Uh, I think this is this is something people you just brought hire him for. As opposed to say someone like Ben Affleck, like you could just give mm-hmm. him a note card with what you want him to say and film him, and it <laughs> ends up being pretty good. <laughs> um,
1: You're so right, yeah.
2: And and he had some good. Uh, I don't. I think he lost another point for not necessarily a, a, a great staring at the camera scene. Overall, solid. Does avormous. he get
0: any points back from? him staring into the camera on the movie poster oh shit have you seen the movie poster it's, it's kind got of a weird.
2: classic back-to-back but po- oh yeah i forgot you can't see it i've had it up on the side
1: all right guys we got we got double eights up in here uh with you guys for your macaminometers. um as far as my score goes i'm gonna tally it up real quick let me just look at my little uh, little tally sheet okay we had no shirtless scene as we have discussed right um we did get multiple motivational speeches that's going to get multiple mm-hmm. ticks for me here because mm-hmm. matthew mcconaughey is great at just pontificating on bullshit you can just be a, on a cow field and he'll be like that's the thing about cows man you just keep tugging and you get milk baby that's how it goes the milk just flows and it's just it's weird but you're totally engrossed into it he, he, could be, he could be talking about anything and i'll be listening um the greasometer meter is pretty high on this. Actually, too fucking high, his greasometer. meter Like, he had this weird bronzer sheen. Like, he just dumped a bunch of furniture oil on himself. And, like, Chase mentioned his hair, dude. Like, what? It was totally, like, slicked back. Like, he just dumped a bunch of olive oil on himself. And they're like, oh, do you want a towel? And he's like, nah, man. I'm just, this is my thing. <laughs> it's like, I gotta... This is how I escape when they try to chase me like a greased pig. And then we did get one all right... Uh, in there, like Jay said, which is going to be a huge point for me. Um, this is going to be a good. It's going to be a good another eight. I'm going to give this an eight. Like you guys said, I think nice. you guys gave a fair score. Um, what Ryan said about him being too fleazy, uh I, I think. I think checks. He's sleazier than he normally is, and it's in a way that really pulled me out of the movie a bunch of times. Um, he didn't get to be the the McConaughey that we like in small doses. Um, so that's going to be an eight.
2: Guys, Saw yeah, has trapped us in this mud room for far too long, and he made us watch mm-hmm. this movie. And I'm gonna claw my eyes out or the, one of the man, the devices. The key <laughs> in the Arm in the Rain of Fire movie opened up a sick fucking torture box. We've
0: yeah, been in the bu- movie. <laughs> each movie gives us like a uh, gives us one letter on the combination padlock
1: to get out of. The, we're gonna to be in out. this mansion. <laughs> For a while guys like we do need to get groceries um if
2: this movie was a saw torture device it would be like that one where there are the knives on the springs and you have to push through but they're like (laughs) butter knives because it's so (laughs) underwhelming you're just like oh (laughs) 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 i don't like this but i don't hate it
1: (laughs) (laughs) um what'd you think about this movie the 10
0: it's got something in common with a ten, in that curious, a ten God. a ten is spelled the one best zero. Best movie ever made. In that I was debating whether or not to give this movie a one or a zero. Oh. Oh. Okay. Okay. Fair. Uh, I think this is, one of, this is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It's pretty bad. It's not even from like. I think it's worse than Chasing Amy because Chasing Amy was at least like in retrospect it was just trying to do something and it just really failed in my opinion like from the test of time this was not trying to do anything and it still failed that that's the thing for me is that this was just so underwhelming i think is the right word mm. and uh i think mcconaughey comes off as too much of a sleazeball as we've said and i think even the premise that women would fall in love with a man like this at first sight is insulting to, to the idea uh, of like what women in America, I guess, kind of like the female sexuality. It takes such like a singular version of what women want and just amplifies it with no self-awareness. Um, they also imply that all men look up to him right cuz like all the groomsmen are like bumbling idiots so you either have like the old war vet dad matthew mcconaughey or the bumbling idiots and those are like the only make male characters essentially i think the, the the main fault if if we're really going to remember this movie for anything it's that it was a victim of its time like we've said multiple times um the, the the fault it had was it didn't go hard enough in displaying that he was a bad character it portrays him as Like, just a womanizer. Mm -hmm. When he was, in fact, like, more. He was a sexual predator. And there's a difference between enjoying casual, consensual sex and exploiting a workplace power imbalance that was obviously bestowed upon you only because of your privilege. He is not the world's best photographer, and yet some people, like, he's, like, catapulted to the top of the photography game because he shows up and, like... Oh man, I don't even know where to go with that whole thing. And then that is one of the worst parts about this. That's one of the ways the MeToo thing blew up was that there was this workplace power imbalance and women that were subject to the people, the men in power were powerless to say no. That's the real fucked up part. That's how they were literally introduced to his character. And for him, it works. It's it's portrayed as the greatest thing ever. He's hooking up with women left and right because of it. And they never said a negative thing about that whole spiel. And instead, they said, you know what? You really break their hearts when you dump them two weeks later. That's what he did wrong. Not the fact that he did that in the first place. And so, yes, this movie could not be made now for a lot of reasons. Also, this is another movie I didn't like that was about romance that assumed that platonic relationships don't exist between people of different genders. Uh, It failed the test of whether or not two women, uh, two named women characters, have a conversation with each other that isn't about men, despite 90% of the cast being women. And I think that is a huge indictment of itself. I'm going to go ahead and comfortably give this movie a 1 because I don't think there was a single redeeming quality in it.
1: Mm.
0: So did you did you like
1: it or yeah? Did you? Where, I'm on the fence. You,
2: would you watch
3: so another thing...
1: rom com? <laughs> this... <laughs> would you Forever? watch this again <laughs> at Christmas?
0: <laughs> I think I would watch it again just to learn from it. You can learn from your mistakes just as much as you can learn from your successes.
1: This
2: movie was released in May. It's about the Christmas carol, and it was released in May. Yeah,
0: I mean, maybe that tells you something. That's a gamble. Also, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm taking a point off just because they didn't use the German title. No. Oh, what was the... It was... Dear <laughs> it was like, Womanizer, yeah, die Nacht dear ex-frutin
1: <laughs> <laughs> Was it the night like, of the ex-girlfriends?
0: Yeah, but it's called Dear Womanizer. The Womanizer. The night of the ex-girlfriends. Like, that's way better. Mm. Bit of a mouthful, and then, and then and you, it sounds but then, like. But then a also, you've gone movie. away from like the Charles Dickens stuff. So, yeah.
1: All right, that's a one from Ryan. That's one of your lowest scores yet. I don't know what Chasing Amy got for you. Was one. that a one as well? Okay. Mm. Jace, what's the what's the Jace man got it? Got I'm this guy?
2: well I don't dislike it as much as Ryan. I don't really have anything critical to say about it a rom-com we haven't we kind of got a rom-com with chasing amy but
1: yeah this was our first true rom-com yeah Yeah, i think
2: i don't watch a lot of rom-coms i thought uh well there there were more bad jokes and aged jokes there were more aged jokes that are no longer good because of how they aged than there were like jokes that didn't that that did age well Mm -hmm. um i thought like there was a scene with the archer at the start of the movie where they bring the model in and they put an apple on her head. And she's like, what the fuck is this? You want me to just have a model on my head? And he's like, one second. And then the archer comes in and she's got the arrow drawn. And she's like, what the fuck? What are you doing? He's like, he's like, don't worry. She placed ninth in Bulgaria. Yeah. <laughs> just like, the, the model's like, like she didn't even medal. <laughs> um, and then they used her again. It was a what they call it like a brick joke, like they toss it up in the air. You forget about the character, and they bring her back in the end, and she shoots the bouquet out. I think that was a part of the last five minutes. And the the
1: yeah, that didn't even make any sense. Yeah, like, it didn't why make was any she sense. at the wedding? Like, yeah.
0: what <laughs> does she know them? Like, yeah, Matthew McConaughey invited one person from his life, and it's and he's like the
1: yeah. <laughs> random archer. <laughs> Yeah, who inappropriately shoots a bouquet during like a a ceremonial part of a like that's a kind of a dick move. <laughs>
2: um, three. Sorry, Jace, go ahead. I don't. I'm three. I'm underwhelmed. I don't have that's much fair. to say about it. That's I don't. Totally wanna... fair. You guys are talking about things that I remember when you bring them up, but nothing stood out to me. Mm-hmm. I I didn't hate it. Laughed a few times. I wouldn't tell anyone to watch it. Yeah.
1: All right, that's a that's a solid three. Uh, from Jace, and I'm, I'm thinking I'm, I'm going to be kind of in the same vein as what you guys said. Um, when I discussed this at length with Amber last night when we watched it together, about the problematic aspects with Matthew McConaughey's character, um, yeah, those all of those did make us cringe, um, but I didn't feel like they made up enough of the movie to, like, it, it was easy for me to be like, yeah, that's just 2009 shittiness. There's other parts of this movie that I think I can kind of, like, enjoy, where it's like, I got invested in Matthew McConaughey's, um, I guess, kind of like weird heartbreaks or his weird complexes. I was kind of interested in seeing where they go. Um, I was somewhat invested in his development of his relationship with Jennifer Garner, um, seeing their relationship start to come together and then break apart. I was like, oh, that's that's kind of interesting. Um, there were funny moments here and there in the movie. Um, but I don't really like I don't watch a lot of rom-com, so these kinds of movies don't really appeal to me um it kind of had just when i already know the trajectory of the movie it's difficult for me to watch and be entertained by it um so this movie was very blah there were tons of parts that i had problems with um even though i was prepared for some 2009 shittiness this is going to be probably a 3.5 i think at the end of the movie i was like oh that was kind of a fun you know, that was kind of a fun whatever movie. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna rewatch it. I, I won't recommend it to someone. And if I did, I'm probably gonna be like, yeah, there's some stuff that doesn't age well in there, like you would expect with any comedy that's made before, like three years ago. <laughs> there's, there's gonna be some shit that you're not gonna like. But maybe that's a testament to um, us getting a little better about certain things. You know, maybe that's a good thing that we can look back on things and be like, that's not okay. And uh, maybe we can we can address those things, the movies we make now. But yeah, 3.5 for me.
0: So, th- is this the most panned movie that we've ever done? Like, is this the worst?
1: Uh, for me, Chasing Amy was lower. I
0: thought well, right, I had like more issues with...
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, probably. Is this, is this the lowest average rating, you think?
1: I think so. I think Chasing Amy was a better movie overall. Just movie like technical wise, yeah. Like, I, I thought oh gosh, yes, absolutely
0: agree. And that's one thing is like this is you know I have to adapt the scale to yeah. To this factor is this movie into <laughs> it for me. That's the other thing
1: with this movie. Like I didn't have as much fun thinking about doing this review for. Um, I just I just didn't think it was that interesting of a movie aside from like the ghost concepts. Um, there was just a lot of it that I kind of forgot overnight. And I think Chasing Amy, to its credit, shocked me to the point where I wanted to talk about it. And I was really eager. <laughs> um, and, you know, we spent a whole, a whole episode talking about, you know, unpacking all of those issues there. This movie, I was kind of like, yeah, those parts suck. But I just, uh, I don't know. Like, this movie doesn't isn't that interesting, I guess.
0: Can I say something? Yeah. Please. I miss Ben. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Ryan, Ben, we've closed the attic. It's time to move on. It's like
0: Ben dumped me. (laughs) I can't go back even if I wanted to.
2: And it's our fault. I know. It wasn't even him. It was us.
1: He got on the conference call with us during the state of the podcast, asking us to stay with him for 10 more movies. He was willing to be on the podcast with us as an extra guest to give us director's commentary. But
0: I still I think about him sometimes. I'll, I'll be like driving around town just late at night <laughs> because I can't get him out of my head.
1: Yeah, I miss I miss some of the Ben energy. I think we haven't been able Bennergy, to see some of also the nice. Ben energy. Thank you, Ryan. We haven't been able to see McConaughey at his best yet. McConaughey. McConaughey. Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> We get, we're working out the term still because um, I think when we started you know the Ben Affleck uh, journey we weren't I don't. Th- I feel like we weren't into it until like three or four movies in I'm and agree. then we were like I you fucking know, love Ben Affleck I want to watch all of his movies now
0: so if we talk about next movies um, yeah. I want to talk about our <laughs> we went on a similar path mm-hmm. with uh, with Ben we started out with like kind of a cult classic and then Daredevil we went to really yeah. bad, and then we went to Gone Girl, which is obviously, like, objectively Ben's best role. Are we going Dallas Buyers Club, Interstellar territory? I'm kind of
1: leaning towards that. I've been thinking about the same, Ryan. Should we go towards an iconic
0: yeah.
1: Matthew McConaughey movie that maybe put us him put on the radar for us? You know, just the, the average schlub.
0: So let's pull the Matthew McConaughey movies list and, and do our debate.
1: We got Dallas Buyers Club, Interstellar. Um, if I may introduce maybe Lincoln Lawyer or Mud into the mix, because those are our critically acclaimed dramas that star him in there.
0: Okay,
2: I wouldn't mind watching. I was also interested to see Mud because I hadn't heard of it until I looked at this list, but I haven't seen Dallas Buyers Club either.
0: You haven't seen Dallas Buyers Club? Oh, that's I haven't either. Oh wow, that movie is so good, like stunning.
1: I, I am interested in seeing this one. Um, I've been it's it's been on my movie list for years, so I'd be down to see this for next week. Um, but I'm happy to hear other suggestions if, if y'all have. Throw it at else.
2: the wall, see if it's the pen can't stick to the wall, but the metaphor. <laughs> uh,
1: we do, okay? We're I think I feel like we're between Dallas Buyers Club, and Interstellar. Is that fair to say? Yeah. I feel like i'm totally split between these two because like i feel like interstellar might be a fun space to play in because there's a lot of high concept shit in there hmm. dallas buyers club is a movie i feel like i really need to see at some point too hmm. um but maybe there might not be as much room because this is like a, a biopic isn't it um yes With like and very serious very subject matter.
0: serious i think that's the that's the biggest problem that's the only reason i think dallas buyers club is a better movie mm-hmm. um my inhibition is that we won't be able to talk about it very much maybe we should do interstellar
1: where we can play a little bit in the movie space what do you guys think
0: I mean, I'm, I'm 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 my vote would probably actually be interstellar because i don't i think dallas buyers club is coming out on the right side of the historical like that movie will be remembered well mm-hmm. it's easier to riff on these ones that freaking suck and get it wrong
1: yeah, I, I think you guys you're, you're probably right, Ryan. Like Interstellar's probably going to be more fun for for the sake of our podcast, more room to play. Uh Dallas Buyers club. I think we should just see anyways, maybe even just on our own time and we can maybe have an episode yeah. in the future to talk about.
0: Yeah, end um, of the season kind of thing.
1: Yeah, we can we can we can go into it a little bit. Um but Jace, if you are you okay with Interstellar? I'm fine with it. Well, Lucky. uh if you guys are down for the for Space Matt this is mid-upswing mid, mid upswing for Matthew McConaughey. This is where he became a household name for me. This is where I was like, oh, shit, who's this rom-com guy? What is he doing in this awesome sci-fi movie starring one of my favorite directors? Yeah, and then I time. saw him crying his big tears and being a spaceman. And I was like, I love this actor. I don't know who he is. And uh, this put him on the map for me.
0: Yeah, I think that movie also is just very fun to watch. You can watch it with the sound off. It's the opposite of this movie for me, personally. Like, uh, the, the cinematographer, the director of photography for it, Hoyt Van Hoitema, I don't know. He's, like, Dutch or something. I don't know how to pronounce it. He has shot a lot of, like, really, really beautiful movies. Like, um, he shot uh, Let the Right One In. He did The Fighter, okay, yeah. Tinker, Taylor Soldier Spy, Her, Spectre. He did Dunkirk, Ad Astra, and he just did Tenet. Tant okay, run. so like I've all visually
1: movie. stunning movies. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So he's as he knows how to do what he does. Yeah, well Which Interstellar I think, Good. I think the one that I think um the photographer for Ghost of Girlfriend's Past was just like a random dog they found on the street. The <laughs> dog. <Duh. laughs> oh, oh well. This would have been pretty cool, obviously. I haven't <laughs> Woof. Uh, well I haven't seen this Whoa a movie shot by a dog like that'd be a great experiment
1: actually yeah that'd be great like what if it was a normal big budget movie like a marvel movie and they're like this is filmed by a dog like he's just he has a gopro on and it's like they're trying to keep the plot like coherent wanda's trying to like talk to captain america and the dog's like looking in the air at some bird <laughs> like we need to get the the cuban <laughs> and then it's like an awesome fight scene but the dog's like eating like a pine cone on the bottom bottom of the screen
2: how 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 much footage did you have to shoot to compile this all together?
0: Forty hours for a two-hour the, movie. The plot is completely nonsensical because they had <laughs> they just shoot the movie and then edit it.
1: You guys blew up a hundred cars and didn't get any of the footage. <laughs> the dog got scared, ran really right away. <laughs> I did get a backhoe. We shouldn't have brought a set that day. <laughs> Should have had a steady cam for that one. He's
2: the director, though.
1: He is the director and the writer. <laughs> Let's see what brilliant work he's written today with predictive text.
0: <laughs> predictive text and AI writes it. A dog shoots it. Who directs it? A parrot.
2: <laughs> a gorilla that they taught sign language. <laughs> okay.
1: Well, guys. I think we got our movie next week. I think we're, we're cool. blasting off. We had fun. Uh, we had fun in uh, post-apocalyptic London and then uh, went into uh, kind of had a not, not boring time with <laughs> at Christmas time with that picante, but then we're going yeah. to space guys. That's pretty cool, right? Yeah. Um, well, I hope you guys will join us next week for interstellar. Um, I'm sure some of our McConaughey fans have been waiting for for a bigger McConaughey movie. Uh, I don't think we exactly roped him in with Rain of Fire, (laughs) but please see it if you haven't already. Follow us along. Uh, Go ahead and watch, uh, do a rewatch. I'm excited to rewatch this thing. It's been a couple years. Join us next week. Check us out on Twitter, GBGBs1. That's at GBGBs1. Please throw us a follow. And uh, do us a big favor. Favor. (laughs) Do us a big favor. Um, throw us a review. Throw us a subscribe. Uh, Tell a friend about us. You got a grandpa who likes uh, watching movies, (laughs) who buys those DVD box sets of random actors? (laughs) Tell them about us. You know, something I like to do when I watch a movie is, uh, you know, go on discussion threads and see what people think about it. And, uh, you know, in these pandemic times, it's harder to talk to friends about about, uh, weird, obscure movies that came out like 10 years ago. (laughs) So I hope we can fill that void for you. Uh, join us next week with Interstellar. You guys, you got anything, uh, anything to plug before we leave? Any final parting words? Thinking about
2: Ballman. I've been thinking about Ballman a lot for the past two hours. I
1: seriously, we we do need to create a superhero spinoff podcast to get this out of our system because I feel like every episode mm-hmm. we we threaten veering off for two or three hours <laughs> pitching our uh, our movie scripts for these movies or app ideas.
2: We could combine uh, into a three-person tall metazord that wears a trench coat, and we could pitch mm-hmm. our ideas simultaneously to Hollywood so that they think that we're
1: one An adult
0: person. A tall person? Yeah. They well, like to th- give scripts to really tall people. <laughs> yes. That's how Ben
1: Affleck gets so many scripts sold. <laughs> I think we've only explained metazord, the concept of the metazord um, like once.
0: We, and we just jumped right into it. Mm-hmm. Like, we didn't... People were confused
1: about the <laughs> <And Metazord>. I, <laughs> I think we've brought it up in multiple episodes. And I feel like if you didn't watch, I don't even remember what episode we, we introduced the Metazord concept. But it is where me, Jason, and Ryan are all uh, combining sumo style, I guess. What is it, Ryan? Sumo style? Yeah, you're kind of wrapped around Jace's torso, and I'm on Jace's back, so we make one uh, full person with the three of us.
0: I think I'm the arms. Your mm. arms,
1: Jace the legs, I'm the head that commands the robot around. Correct. That doesn't mean sword. I feel like if people hear that word without the context, it's probably difficult uh, for them to, to track.
0: And, and we debate how, which movie characters we can be and fight.
1: <laughs> All right, with that, I hope you guys will join us next week. <laughs> I hope. I hope you guys will enjoy it. It'll get we'll better, guys... folks. It will get better. We got to get into to the swing of things. Um, I think we're getting we're getting used to this McConaughey coat we put on. You know, yeah. we got to kind of break mm-hmm. it in. It's it's a little weathered. We're not used to his his weird greasy energy yet. Um, yeah, there's a lot of we'll, oil on this coat.
0: I, I think of it Where more it come like from? It's a coat. It's a coat we found on the on the sidewalk, <laughs> all like run over, on on it's New York City street. And we took it in the apartment and we hung it up in the bathroom and. The Febreze hasn't quite killed off all the old odors yet.
1: Yeah, we, because we've seen McConaughey at his dirtiest, I think, Mm -hmm. um, both conceptually and physically in Reign of Fire. Yeah. Um, I'm ready to see him as an astronaut. To the moon. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. We'll see you next week. This has been Good Boys Gone Bland.